Please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. The United Methodist Church has a long history of concern for social justice. I stole that sentence. That is the first sentence of the preface to the United Methodist Social Principles. The United Methodist Church has a long history of concern for social justice. There is a reason we are talking about social justice in general and the United Methodist Social Principles in particular at this point in the church calendar, in this season after Epiphany. Epiphany is the holiday in the Christian calendar that marks what is said to be the day when the three magi arrived in Bethlehem to honor the birth of the Christ child. Epiphany falls every year on January 6th. The span of time between Epiphany and Ash Wednesday is called the season after Epiphany. Epiphany has come to mean a variety of things in the life of the church. The significant thing about the magi was that they were foreigners and Gentiles. So here we have a Jewish community some 2,000 years ago that was looking for a savior, looking for the arrival of a Messiah. The expectation, which was reinforced by prophets throughout the ages, was that this would be a savior for Israel, a Messiah who would help the Hebrew people triumph over their enemies. When Jesus was born, there were some who believed that he was that Messiah. There were Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and Zechariah who believed Jesus was that Messiah because angels told them so. There were shepherds who, were also, who also learned about this Messiah from angels. These folks were all part of that Jewish community in Israel, the community with a tradition of looking for this Messiah according to what the prophets foretold. So all this is going along pretty much as one would expect, at least to the extent that one can expect visits from angels. But then comes the surprise, the Magi. If God sent a Messiah to the people of Israel, then what are these foreigners doing getting involved? If God sent a Messiah to the Jews, then what are these Gentiles doing coming to pay homage? We don't even have to wait For Jesus to begin preaching or teaching. From his very infancy, scripture shows us that Jesus is sent to a much larger circle of folks than anyone had expected. God's salvation, it turns out, isn't for one nation or one religion, but for all. And this aspect of the story shook people up all through Jesus' life. It still does. God's salvation, God's vision, and God's reign isn't for one particular nation or one particular religion. It's for all. So every year, Epiphany reminds us how wide God's embrace is. It reminds us that God's concern is not narrowly for one people, but for the world. And this complicates everything. It means that somehow, God calls together people who are different, who don't see things the same way, who don't come from the same backgrounds. God calls us to look beyond the circle of what is familiar 
to include more and different people and places in the sphere of influence encompassed by our faith. Someone asked me just this week why I am a United Methodist. And I had the social principles and my knowledge of the discussion and debate that go into forming the social principles at the forefront of my mind this week when this friend asked me why I am a United Methodist. And part of my answer is that I cherish the hope of a church where we come together with people who are different from us, including people who don't see, the way, see things the way I do, people who might disagree with me about really important issues. And that's not easy. It's really, really hard sometimes. And when the discussion of issues becomes very polarized or hateful, I think how nice it would be to be part of a denomination where everyone agreed with me. But the vision of a church big enough to bring together different kinds of people is still a vision that stirs hope in me. And the preamble to our social principles casts a vision of faithfulness that includes earnest and courageous discussion of difficult issues, discussion with people who disagree. And this vision captivates me. And so I am still a United Methodist. Beyond the story of the Magi, all the scripture readings for Epiphany reflect these themes of including all peoples and touching on the concerns of the wider world. This morning's reading from the Psalms is actually one of the readings for Epiphany Day. Hear these words again. Give the king your justice, O God. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May he defend the cause of the poor, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressor. He delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he saves their lives. The words of the psalm paint a picture of God's justice applied to human affairs. Issues of justice and oppression are issues of faith. Our reading from Isaiah this morning has God speaking to Isaiah, and God says this, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. We have again that epiphany theme of God's care for the whole world beyond any tribe or religion. And what does God's care look like? Salvation reaching to the end of the earth. Many centuries later, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, expressed a similar belief in describing Christians as called to spread scriptural holiness over the land. Methodists have always embraced this as important. John Wesley said in one sermon, There is no religion but social religion, no holiness but social holiness. This means a couple of things. One is that there is no such thing for a Christian, and particularly a Methodist Christian, uh, to be faithful alone, apart from community. Our religion is social and not just individual. It also means that what we might call holiness is only as good as our ability to take it into community 
And this doesn't just mean the community of a few people who gather in worship on Sunday mornings. It means the world community. Another oft-quoted statement from John Wesley says, The world is my parish. Our religion, our holiness, are meant to influence the world. One line from the introduction to the social principles particularly caught my attention. It says, In many instances, the social principles actually urge us not only to make a difference in this world, but to make a different kind of world. We want to make a difference. We want to change the world, to make the world a better place. When we think about the three central components that make church church, making a difference in the world is one of the core components. We do this through direct, hands-on service, and through our mission giving, and through advocacy. The social principles speak to this aspect of the church's life, this aspect of the practice of faith. It is fitting that we begin this season of exploring the intersection of our faith with issues of social justice on this Martin Luther King weekend. On June 6, 1966, Martin Luther King Jr. preached a sermon called Guidelines for a Constructive Church. I want to share just a very short excerpt from that sermon in honor of this weekend and because it reflects so many of the concerns addressed in our social principles. Dr. King said, The church, if it is true to its guidelines, must preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You know the acceptable year of the Lord is the year that is acceptable to God because it fulfills the demands of God's kingdom. Some people reading this passage feel that it's talking about some period beyond history. But I say to you this morning that the acceptable year of the Lord can be this year. And the church is called to preach it. The acceptable year of the Lord is any year when people decide to do right. The acceptable year of the Lord is that year when people will keep their theology abreast with their technology. The acceptable year of the Lord is that year when people will keep the ends for which they live abreast with the means by which they live. The acceptable year of the Lord is that year when all the leaders of the world will sit down at the conference table and realize that unless mankind puts an end to war, war will put an end to mankind. The acceptable year of our Lord is when we will beat our plows into our swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, and nation will not rise up against nation, neither will they study war anymore. The acceptable year of the Lord is that year when we will allow justice to roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. The acceptable year of the Lord is that year when we will send to Congress and to state houses of our nation those who will do justly, who will love mercy, and who will walk humbly with their God. These are our guidelines, and if we will only follow the guidelines, we will be ready for God's kingdom. We will be doing what God's church is called to do. We won't be a little social club. We won't be a little entertainment center, 
but will be about the serious business of bringing God's kingdom to this earth. Those are words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So on this Martin Luther King weekend, we remember and celebrate one whose faith moved him to devote his life to changing the world, to bringing about justice. And we focus on how our faith calls each one of us to work for justice. Faith is always a balancing act between looking inward and looking outward. I look inward to try to continually grow in my relationship with God, to strengthen my faith and my ability to love God. I look outward to love my neighbor, as the great commandment instructs me to do. I look outward to see what my faith impels me to do, how to put my faith into action, how to walk my talk. So in this season between Epiphany and Lent, we will be looking outward, looking at how our faith speaks to the issues of our world. In Lent, we will turn inward again as we explore together how faith is a journey. The United Methodist Church places a high value on looking at how our faith speaks to justice and the issues of our world. Methodists have always believed in putting faith into practice by looking at what our faith says about real-life situations and then identifying what we might be called to do about it. And the social principles are a primary way the United Methodist Church speaks about the ways our faith meets the world. The social principles are a part of our book of discipline, which is the book that guides and governs the official beliefs and practices of United Methodists. The social principles are the section in the book of discipline that speaks to social issues. The social principles end in the social creed. Our social creed ends this way. We believe in the present and final triumph of God's word in human affairs and gladly accept our commission to manifest the life of the gospel in the world. We accept our commission to manifest the life of the gospel in the world. That's you and me. We are asked to demonstrate the meaning and message of the gospel in our world. This season, we will delve into how the gospel and the church speak to our world. For now, let's look at our social creed. A creed is a statement of faith. A creed usually summarizes beliefs, offering highlights of important beliefs. The Christian church has many creeds, some of which might be familiar to some of you, particularly the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. Creeds are generally used as part of a worship service, usually to be read or recited aloud. They are ways that a community affirms and celebrates things we believe in. The United Methodist Church makes this statement. It is recommended that our statement of social principles be continually available to United Methodist Christians and that it be emphasized regularly in every congregation. It is further recommended that our social creed be frequently used in Sunday worship. So this morning I'd like to end my sermon by inviting us to join in reciting the social creed of the United Methodist Church together. And you'll see it here on the screen. We believe in God, creator of the world, and in Jesus Christ, the redeemer of creation. We believe in the Holy Spirit, through whom we acknowledge God's gifts, 
and we repent of our sin in misusing these gifts to idolatrous ends. We affirm the natural world as God's handiwork and dedicate ourselves to its preservation, enhancement, and faithful use by humankind. We joyfully receive for ourselves and others the blessings of community, sexuality, marriage, and the family. We commit ourselves to the rights of men, women, children, youth, young adults, the aging, and people with disabilities, to improvement of the quality of life, and to the rights and dignity of all persons. We believe in the right and duty of persons to work for the glory of God and the good of themselves and others, and in the protection of their welfare in so doing, in the rights to property as a trust from God, collective bargaining, and responsible consumption, and in the elimination of economic and social distress. We dedicate ourselves to peace throughout the world, to the rule of justice and law among nations, and to individual freedom for all people of the world. We believe in the present and final triumph of God's word in human affairs, and gladly accept our commission to manifest the life of the gospel in the world. Amen.